Good morning, Grace Summit Church. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let's give him a shout of praise of hallelujah this morning. One, two, three. Hallelujah. Amen. Doesn't that just give you a burst of energy and joy? And that's what the word says. Let the joy of the Lord be your strength. So I'm here to let you know that whatever transpired in the year 2023 is behind us. And everything that God is doing for us is before us. So we can step into this next year with great anticipation of what God has promised he's going to do in our lives, for our lives, and through our lives. So when we wake up with that expectation, when your eyes pop open in the morning and you take that first breath that you know you're taking, let a hallelujah come out of your mouth. Let that be your reasonable sacrifice when you get up in the mornings. Let that be your tithe of the day that we are dedicating to the one that has the plan for everything that created all things and that is giving us everything that we need at every waking moment. This morning I was reading in Jonah and I was so blessed, y'all, because we know Jonah is rebellious, right? He, was, he didn't want to go to Nineveh. He had that anger in his heart towards God's people. He didn't want them, for some reason, to get the blessing of God. He didn't want that redemption for them. And when I read through that and saw where, what it took for him to be obedient, and even after he was obedient, he had his own little place outside of the city where he was looking to see the judgment of God come upon those people. So even though he was a prophet of the Lord, there were still some things within him that's not right. So I'm here to let you know that nobody's perfect, that we all need God, and that it's our position as his church body to go out and preach that good news to people that nobody's perfect and he has redemptive powers. So the last part of that that really brought me to tears, y'all, was that as a therapist, there are so many people who come into my office broken and wounded thinking that they can fix themselves or that they can do things themselves. Jonah was angry and he built this hut. He was trying to fix himself emotionally and he was unable to do it because that anger was still there. And God's word said that God had a plant to grow, to give him shade from the sun that was beating down on him, that was making the situation that much worse. And that thing ministered to me so this morning because in us attempting to fix what God already has the plans for and we feel defeated, God shows up in his appointed time to redeem, to cover, to bless, to restore, to do all of that. So as we leave 2023, we're leaving all those woes behind. We are repenting for the things that we knowingly or unknowingly did, and we are trusting God for what's to come. So having this heart posture of praise and thanksgiving towards the Lord, we will enter into our praise and worship today. Amen.
Christ is my firm foundation. In all things we look to him in Jesus' name. Christ is my firm foundation. I rock on which I stand when everything around me shaken. I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus. Cause he's never let me down. He's faithful through generations. So why would he fail now? He won't. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Also, Pastor, your mic is on. Praise the Lamb. Let's sing this out. I've still got joy in Jesus' name. Amen. I've still got joy in chaos. I've got peace that makes no sense. So I won't be going under. I'm not held by my own strength. Cause I built my life on Jesus. He has never let me down. He's faithful in every season. Yes, he is. So why would he fail now? He won't. No, he won't. He won't. He won't fail the same. He won't fail, He won't fail, I've still got joy in chaos, I've got peace that makes no sense, so I won't be going under, I'm not held by my own strength, cause I he has never let me down He's faithful in every season So why would he fail now? He won't, amen Amen, amen He won't He won't He's a good God, amen? In all things, He provides. This is my favorite part of this song. The rain came and wind blew, but my house remains. In Jesus' name, let's sing this out. Rain came and wind blew, but my house was built on you. I'm safe with through whatever it looks like rain came wind blew my house was built on you and I'm safe with you I'm gonna make it through one more time the rain rain 
Give him some praise this morning if you've been brought through to the other side in Jesus' name. We're going to worship him some more this morning. Oh, I 
melted rocks cry out to worship Whose glory taught the stars to shine Perhaps creation longs to have the words to sing this joy is mine With a thousand hallelujahs We magnify your name You alone deserve the glory The honor and the praise Lord Jesus, this song is forever yours A thousand hallelujahs and a thousand more Who else would die for our redemption Whose resurrection means all right There isn't time enough to sing of all you've done Eternity to try, amen. So we'll sing with a thousand hallelujahs. We magnify your name. You alone deserve the glory, the honor, and the praise. Lord Jesus, this song is forever yours. A thousand hallelujahs. We praise you, God. We use our words to praise you. Let's sing praise, praise to the Lord, to the Lamb, to the King of Heaven. He rose, now He reigns, yes He dies, we will sing forever. This song is forever yours A thousand hallelujahs And a praise To the Lord Let's praise Him this morning The Lamb To the King of Heaven Praise For He
the honor and the praise Lord Jesus this song is forever yours a thousand hallelujahs and a thousand more Amen Amen In Jesus name Father God in the name of Jesus we thank you for this day and all that you've done Thank you. That you. We have been given the ability to praise you, Father God, in Jesus' name. Y'all put your hands together for him this morning. He's a good God. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Uh, everybody say amen. amen. All right. Do me a favor. Give me, give me some good, happy music. And uh, as I turn to my in faith piano player. And. Um, Turn around and greet somebody around you with a happy smile and a happy new year. And again, don't go nuts. Don't go crazy. Don't, don't wander around the fields, but greet those around you. Everybody say amen. amen. I mean, give me a little lights in the house too, so I can see everybody a little better. Um, hopefully, everybody had a good Christmas. If you did, say amen. amen. Hopefully, everybody was good. If you did, say amen. amen. Not nearly as many amens on that one. Did you notice that? Amen. So, uh, evidently, the altars will be open for repentance later. And um, amen. Hopefully, everybody and everybody's got. Does everybody have good plans for tonight? And if you have bad plans, just don't tell your pastor. Can I have an amen? Okay. Um, but uh, so glad to have everybody here this morning. If you are a first, second, third time guest with us, on the screen there is a QR code. Or in front of you there is a connection card. If you'll take a moment and fill that, we'd love to connect with you. After service, immediately after service, um, if you will meet me, if you're a first, second, third time guest, right outside in the foyer uh, at the table, I would, uh, would just like to meet you and connect with you and just shake your hand and uh, thank you for being with us today look at somebody and say i'm glad you're here i mean i know many of y'all said that to your husbands and wives and you probably didn't have any choice in that but amen so you ought to say that by faith with them anyway uh, as you get ready to give if you need an offering envelope there in front of you or there's uh oh wow um paypal venmo what's the other one Cash app, all that stuff. It's on the screen in just a moment. Uh, but you can also use an envelope there in front of you. I wanted to uh, use this verse. We used it this morning in our small group, but I remember my brother told me one time he was, um, 
He's on staff and he leads worship at a church and helps with worship, I should say. You don't want him to lead. Can I have an amen? Okay. But his wife leads. And uh, they were doing an outreach at a homeless shelter. And so, get this, homeless shelter. This is people who have nothing. And this guy just felt anointed and uh, he, he looked at him and he says, he goes, I know what I'm preaching. He said, but I'm changing it. And this guy gets up and preaches to homeless people who have nothing, this message. I have been young, this is Psalms 37, 25, and now old, I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his descendants begging bread. My brother said, he goes, I thought, Lord, what is wrong with him and why is he preaching this? To homeless people who have nothing. But you know, many times when people go through that, what do they do? They'll blame God. I guess it wasn't God's will or God's judgments on me or my mama did something or my daddy did something. But yet the Bible plainly says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. And that is a promise we should always hold to. And somebody might say, well, I don't have this and I don't have that. Um, I'm gonna tell you right now, if you're breathing, you're doing good. If you got a house, you're doing better. If you got heat and an air conditioner, we're almost in heaven right there. Can I have an amen, okay? especially the air conditioner. And so uh, let those, those verses minister to you. I know 2024, who's heard how bad, who's, who's, who has heard how bad economically we are doing? Now what's funny is the nation has had problems, no question, but you know that stocks rose 24% last, this year, 2023? And yet all year they've talked about how bad it's gonna be. But now I do know that inflation's worse. Can we say amen? Food is unreal. Uh, everything is different. Uh, me and Lisa were doing something this for our HOA and we were pricing something we had bought for the church about eight years ago. Well, eight years ago, it was $15. Same item, nothing changed, is about $50 now. And we need two of them and for the HOA. And I looked at Lisa, I said, well, she's like, you know, we, we, have, we have this conversation quite often. It just costs so much. If, it, if, if we need it and we want it, there ain't no reason to complain about it. We just need to pay it and believe God and just move on. I mean, cause you know, well, I'm just waiting for it to be free. Well, I need it now. Can I have an amen? <laughs> so, so let's, you know, let's believe for us to be blessed back later, but uh, we need it now. So, so, but don't let your heart be troubled with that. I have never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. And then it says he is ever merciful and lends and his descendants are blessed. So look at somebody and say, I'm blessed. So right now as we get ready to give, if you want to, you can hold your offering in your hand. Now me and Lisa, uh, these are some things that were given to me. And uh, uh, so, but me and Lisa, we always, Lisa loves Cash App. Can we have an amen? Cash App has no fees, praise God. So uh, she's not giving any other way. So just hold your offering in your hand. Uh, I always like to do that when we pray over our offering. Or if you use Cash App or something, hold your phone. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you today that we have the opportunity to give and to sow and to reap and to harvest in the kingdom. And Father, we thank you that our giving is an extension of our love for you. You said if we delight in you, you'd give us the desires of our heart. So, but Father, our greatest delight is you. Not stuff, not things, even not people, but you. And so Father, we thank you that we have, are alive today, that we have breath in our lungs and life in our body and eternity in our heart and that we can come and bring and lay at your feet our tithes and our offerings, and that we can honor you with the first fruit of our substance. We thank you, Father, that you meet every need of everyone in this church.
that we will never be forsaken. We will never beg for bread. We do not know how you can do it, but we also know that the ravens can feed the prophets. You can feed us however you need to. You are always faithful in Jesus' name. So Father, we thank you. And everybody says, amen. God bless you as you come and give. I made a comment to somebody about singing and they said every time you sing at church Pastor Chris in a service they said it really blesses me I just looked at him I said brother it just doesn't take much to bless you does it amen I said uh, I was about to sing there and thank God I caught myself Uh, if you got your Bibles with me today turn with me to the book of Philippians chapter 3 this is not the book of the Philippines can I have an amen Uh, I have said that before mostly joking and the book of Collisions. I always love knowing that one too, uh, for the book of Colossians. Philippians chapter three, verse 12. This is a passage, and uh, I'm gonna try to watch my, my walking, Darren. Uh, this is a passage written by the Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul, they believe, lived to about 65, maybe a little older. You know, they didn't have great records back then, uh, like we do today. And who knows, today we still don't have great records. Have you ever noticed that? Some of the digital records just get lost. Paul was probably around 65 years old. He wrote this, they believe, somewhere around the age 60, 62. Now, 65 back then was a good long life um, in the the days they had. But who in here knows that with the blessing of God on your life, you can live much longer? And Paul, you know, died a martyr. So this is an older man, much older than me. Can we have an amen? Okay. Because I am in my 50s. Late 50s, but 50s. Can I have an amen? Okay. So this is an older man, and especially in that day, considered much older, who is in chains and in bondage, who is writing to people about their life and to the church of Philippi about how to live. And knowing that he's in the latter stages, who in here knows that in your latter stages of life, and I've I've found myself, there are certain things that you look at and you don't really think about as much as you used to think about. And there's some things you don't even care about anymore. I never understood when I was a young, young kid how anybody would ever want to retire. I still don't. I really don't. But I do understand sometimes just wanting to change. Because after a while, life just kind of just beats you up, wears you out. You know, you get tired of doing the same thing. Now, now I'm not talking family or kids or relationships, no. But, I, you know, who's, who's ever just, after a while, you're just like, I have done this for enough. I'm, I'm ready to change. Am I the only one? That's like I, I did that in, in ministry. We did youth camps for 22 years, I believe it was, me and Lisa. Uh, We preached it, cooked it, and ran it. And I got to a point where I'm like, guys, I'm a little out of shape for this. And I not only meant physically, but I meant just emotionally. Because that's that's a high high energy thing. When I was hitting my late 30s, early 40s, um, mid 40s, it got to where it's harder. So I got to where I was just like, you know, I'm done with this. I need a change because you get older. 
So this is an older man talking to everybody else about how to live. He says in verse 12, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. So again, this is a, what would be considered an elderly man in his day telling these people he's pressing on. Now who in here knows no matter how old you are, you ought to be pressing on. Come on, give me a better amen than that. Because I got more older people in here than real, 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 real young people. Can I have an amen? So, and I'm not, nothing wrong with either one. But who in here knows you shouldn't quit? You should never quit. You, you, you don't lose because you get beat. You lose in life when you quit. Now, who in here has ever met somebody, loved their job, lo just loved their job, loved their workers, and they retire? and they quit. They're dead in two years. Has anybody ever met anybody like that? Yeah. What happened? They quit. They just stopped. Don't ever quit, especially with God. Well, you know, um, I preached at a church one time, true story. And as I was standing at the back, this church had never had a multi-service revival back in the day. And I'm the first one. So the pastor's inviting everybody to come back tonight for church. That church never had a Sunday night, ever. This is back in the early 90s. That church was founded in like 1850 and had never had a Sunday night. And this was the church in that town. This was the high church, the money church. How I ever got there, I don't know. Can I have an amen? Okay, but I did. And as we're walking out, as, as I'm standing back and everybody's walking out, this, the pastor looks at this lady, he says, we'd love to have you tonight at six. I ain't coming to tonight. I know everything there is in the Bible and I don't need to come tonight because I went to Sunday school all my life. Now this was probably a lady in her mid-70s. Well, who in here knows, you never know it all. In fact, who in here knows this is true. The more you know, the stupider you are because you realize the more you know how little you do know. And so Paul says here, I press on. Look at somebody and say press. So that takes some effort. I know it takes effort. That's the part where, like I said, you get tired. I got a friend and his wife actually had cancer, beat it, it came back. And after several years of fighting it again, she just looked at him one day and she said, John, I'm tired, let me go. He said, I don't want to. She said, but she had actually almost died. She said, I've almost been there. I don't wanna be here anymore. Well, who in here can blame her? Can I have an amen? Think about it. Who would here would rather be? Who would here would love to be in heaven? Yeah. Amen. Okay, that was not as exciting as I thought it would be. But let's just move on. For I press on. Everybody say press. press. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. So this is one thing. It's really two things if you think about it. He says, I forget those things which are behind, and I reach forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, he said, I do this one thing. But if you will, it's two things wrapped in one. He forgets everything that's behind, and he pressed towards that which is in the future. Now, I'm, I've, I've had this in my heart for about the last three weeks. I think a lot of it's for me, but I have been preaching. It's just the overflow of my heart. But I want to tell you something. You need to learn to forget things Amen. as a Christian. And if you don't, it'll mess you up towards yourself and towards other people. Who in here knows God's a forgiver? Amen. But who in here knows we ought to be in, uh, a Christ-like? So we ought to be a forgiver. Amen. First Timothy chapter one, this is verse 11. 
uh, I, I'm sorry, let's go to verse 13. This is the apostle Paul talking about himself. Who in here knows Paul had a good past? Who in here, who in here could honestly say, don't, don't stand up and testify, we don't want that, but can say you have regrets in your life and you know you messed up? We all can. Well, I didn't do anything. Well, I didn't either, but I wanted to. Can I have an amen? I, I was sitting with somebody one time and we were talking about crime and I had watched something and they said something. I said, well, you know the easy way to commit that crime, don't you? They all looked at me. as a pastor, his wife, and an elder. And then they were talking about something else and I said, well, that's a good black market item there. I said, in fact, the three great black market items in America right now, this is in, oh, probably about 93. And I told them what it was. We got talking about something else and I had seen something else. And again, honestly, I've never been to jail. I am not connected to the mob. I, I, you know, but I do read and I can spot a con. And I've always been able to spot a con. And I said something about something. <laughs> After about 10, 15 minutes of this, and I said, well, that's why. And then this one woman goes, it's a pastor, she says, why, why, why do some people use it? I said, well, the reason they use that business is it's got no, uh, no overhead. It's a cash business. I said, that's why a restaurant's always a front. I said, a barbershop's always a front. And I started explaining stuff. I said, that way, I said, because you can just say you had so much money in and money out and you can launder money. She grabs my hand, she goes, please tell me you're not involved in the mafia or organized crime, please. And I said, why? She goes, you have a little too much knowledge that I, you know, and I was just laughed about it and said, we, we all laugh. But you know, knowledge like that, you look at things like that, we all have things in our life that we are, we regret. One friend of mine said him and four pastors one time were talking about, and somebody said something because it was in the news about a bank that had been held up. He said, me and four pastors sat there for the next hour talking the best way to rob the local bank. He said, finally, after an hour, one of us said, I don't think we ought to be talking like this. I don't think this is productive. And he said, they were talking about, man, we need to take the power out and let's blow the transformers and we need to create a diversion. He said, buddy, we had almost a, a bank robbery plan to, fuel, to, to fund the ministry. Can I have an amen? But we all have things that we have done or wanted to do. Paul, it says here in 1 Timothy chapter 13, uh, 1.13, says, although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor and an insolent man. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorant unbelief and the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant when faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying, verse 15, and worthy of all acceptance that, Jesus, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. So this is the apostle Paul, the chief sinner of all. If you read in Acts chapter seven, verse 58, this is when Stephen was stoned. It says that a young man named Paul, Saul was there who held the coats of people. And then if you go 8-1, it says now Saul consented unto their deaths. If you turn into Acts chapter nine, it said he obtained letters from the, the leaders so that he could go into the houses and basically persecute and lock up and torture any Christians. Now, as I look across the congregation today and anybody online, I don't think anybody is that bad. Yet Paul said, even having done all that, I forget everything in the past. That is the hardest thing to do. Because who in here knows it's usually hardest to forgive ourselves than it is to forgive others. But if you don't learn how to forgive, not only yourself, but others, it'll mess your life up. Amen. I saw a video of a lady and 
I just have to take her testimony that she did. She went to hell. Uh, she said the Lord took her to hell and showed her what hell was like. Now, I, I know of several ministers who've had that experience, and they're always changed. But she said that the one sin, and this is what got me in the discussion, what caught my ear. She said there's one sin that can drag you to hell quicker than anything else. Unforgiveness. Do you know that in Jewish law, I think this is always incredible to me. In Jewish law, murder is not nearly as bad as gossip. You know why? I can only kill you physically once, but I can gossip about you every day and destroy your character to other people every day of your life. That is horrible to think somebody would do that. But people do it. And then people get into unforgiveness. I heard a testimony of a guy and he said this guy, um, um, guy couldn't get healed. And so he went to all these people and finally he went to this one guy and the guy told him, and he said the guy kept talking about all the stuff he'd done. I know I've been bad. I know I haven't served the Lord the way I should. I, I've been backslidden. I'd turn back. I'd get right with God. I'd, you know, he, said, he said, but I, I just don't know what's wrong. And he said, finally, he, him, he said, can I tell you what's wrong? And he goes, yeah. He says, because you don't even let God, he goes, you don't treat yourself the way God would treat you. He said, what do you mean? He says, God says he casts your sins as far as the east is from the west. It says he's forgotten them. For his own sake, he forgets them. Do you know that? God forgets our sins for his sake, not our sake. Look it up. It's in Isaiah. He forgives your sins and forgets them for his sake. Why? So he can bless you, it says. Because he loves you. Have you ever seen somebody and the moment you see him, you remember how they treated you? And you wanted to go over there and lay hands on them? Not in the Lord. Can I have an amen? And then have a message in tongues, not in the Lord. I mean, there would be no need for an interpretation of any sort whatsoever because you're gonna make sure it's understood. But if you forgive them, it blesses you. Paul here, again, chiefest of sinners. If you want that verse about, for my own sake, it's Isaiah 43, 25 and 26. Hebrews 8, 12 says, I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. Everybody say forget. So how do you forget? Here's how you forget. Um, You'll like this illustration. My favorite golfer is Ben Hogan. He's been dead for many years. He's considered one of the best ball strikers ever. Well, Ben... In 1960, I've watched this clip and it's heartbreaking. Here he is as an older man, the twilight of his career. And he's, you know, he's, he's basically finished with competitive golf. If you know anything, he was in a massive car wreck, about killed him. He then come back and had some of the best golf of his life. And, uh, but he um, couldn't, the blood didn't flow in his legs and he actually had lost vision in most of one of his eyes so he couldn't putt and he was still competing. So this is a man who overcame great odds. That's why I love the story of him. And in 1960, he's in this golf tournament and there's a young kid who's an amateur by the name of Jack Nicklaus and he's in competition. And so you got Hogan here in the last days, this amateur, and then you got this other young guy who's in the prime of his career named Arnold Palmer. And this is the event that made Arnold Arnold, really. And right towards one of the last holes Ben Hogan had, it was a pitch shot. And they said Hogan could do 100 pitches and be within two or three feet of each other. He was so good. 
And he made the statement, he said, I hit exactly where I wanted to hit it. He said, but I spun it too much. And they've got video of it. And it hits the top of that green and spins and just trickles down into the creek. Had he made that shot, he would have either won and or been in the playoff. Now they said the number one thing he could do in a tournament was is hit a bad shot and go hit another good shot. Because in golf or in anything, it's hard to do something really bad and mess up and you know it's your fault and have another good day. So again, who's ever messed up? And it eats at you. And then you think about it. And no, forget this, you always have the devil reminding you. Telling you how bad you were, how you shouldn't have done that, how you should have been able to forgive that. You should have forgave them earlier. And yet, so they asked Ben Hogan one day, I think this is so profound. They said, how do you get over the bad shots? He says, behind me when I play golf is a stone wall. And he says, the moment I take that shot and I take another step, he goes, in my mind, he goes, I let that stone wall just follow me. He says, there's nothing behind that stone wall. The only thing that's important is the next shot. He says, because I can't fix that last shot, but I can fix my next shot. He says, I think about the stone wall. So if you think about it, he's not thinking about how bad the shot was, he's thinking about the stone wall. Again, the greatest revelation I got a couple years ago is, let the, med- let the words of my mouth, did you see it? It almost came out wrong again, because I've said it so wrong so many times. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing unto your sight. That's the secret. You gotta let your words and your thoughts not go certain places. And the way you do that is you control your words. I was doing something the other day and I was thinking about my daddy and uh, made some comment to somebody and I started to crack. I mean, a flood of emotions ran through about my daddy and it's Christmas time. And then to make matters worse, I'm on my computer and I found this obscure folder with pictures in it. And I mean, I ought to bring them here and show them one day. Sarah Beth's about 10, 11. Molly's got, Molly's missing teeth, you know, and stuff. And Luke's just all cute. He's got this one picture like at the pool. He looks like he is ticked off just looking at the camera. And I, but then there was pictures of my daddy. And I mean, just that great, you know, that miss, that loss hits me. First thing I did, I did the same thing. The words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart. The moment that thought that came up, I said, Father, I thank you that my daddy's in heaven. I thank you that my daddy's with you. I thank you that my daddy's redeemed and healed and whole. No pain, no crying, no sighing, no dying, no suffering. I said, I thank you that he's up there with his mama, that he's up there with his daddy. He's up there with his sister Betty who died when she was five. I thank you, Father, that you've redeemed him, that you restored him. And I get to see him one day. Remember, by the time I get to that point, I'm kind of happy again. Amen? All that stuff. You don't give it faults. Well, I just, I just can't do that. Those are words. The Bible says that you're snared by the words of your mouth. So what would Ben Hogan do? He'd think about the wall. That wall driving over all the bad shots, over all the good shots. Now here's something that's funny though. We're still human. Can I have an amen? Ben Hogan, about two years before he died, is in an interview. And they asked him about that 1960 game. So this is is 25 years. And he looked at the camera and he said, there's not a month that goes by that that one shot doesn't rip my guts out. 
So here's a man, years later, still dealing with the regret of, a, of what he messed up. But I was proud of him for this. He only let him bother it once a month. Think about that. Had he won that, he would have won five U.S. Opens. Technically six, but they don't count one of them. Now, who in here knows if Ben Hogan, and he was a Christian, but just a, not a theologian, can't have good theology enough to let a wall drive over all the bad thoughts. And Paul said to forget those things which are behind, we should do the same. Just a thought. If you give more thoughts to your past than God does, you think you're better than him. Because God don't do you that way. Now let's talk about one other thing about, about forgetting. Everybody say forgive. forgive. Now we're not gonna go through it all because we don't have time. But you can find scriptures where Jesus tells, who in here remembers that one scripture? And I will give the reference so that you can look it up, make sure I'm not lying. Can I have an amen? This is a, um, Luke chapter 17, verse three through five. And um, Jesus told the disciples that if your brother sins against you, forgive him. And one of them says, well, how many times? Seven. Jesus upped it. 70, 70 times seven. So that's 490 times in a day you should forgive somebody. Jesus went on in another place and actually said that if your, if your brother sins against you and repents, you should forgive him. And if he comes back again and does it again, you should still forgive him. Well, who in here knows that when we forgive, now some, you know, I understand this. I don't mean like, you know, there, there's been things that have been done to me that are wrong, that I mean wrong, wrong. In ministry, in life, wrong. I didn't do anything wrong, wrong. Now, if I talk about it, I can get mad about it. Some of them happened 25 years ago. I can still get mad about it. Especially when I think about my wife and kids. They didn't care about my family. They didn't care. They didn't care. And tell me you love, oh, we love you. Oh, brother, we, you, you, oh, you're in our heart. You wouldn't cheat my family like that and do that. So again, what do I do? I don't think about them. I don't talk about them. And if I talk about it, I ain't gonna talk about it long and we ain't gonna talk about it three times. If I have to tell the story about it sometimes, I'll just hit it and we just kind of keep right on moving. I'm not gonna dwell on that. Because if I do, I get out of forgiveness. Because who in here knows most people are just stupid. Can I have an amen? Most of us are just stupid and people mess up and they have bad mistakes and they have bad decisions. And I don't mean that wrong, but who in here knows we all mess up? Who in here has ever messed up? Well, have some grace to other people who mess up. Now, I mean this, I have never driven a bad day in my life. But in Atlanta, there's a bunch of messed up people. Now, who in here knows I just said a lie, if you will, making a point. I have messed up. I ran a light just the other day. I look green to me. Can I have an amen? <laughs> and it was green for somebody else, but it wasn't my green. And I just, and thank God I was in my good truck too. I, if I had been in Lisa's car, I wouldn't have cared if we'd have got hit. But it was in my truck. I was like, that first thing I thought about, thank God I didn't get hit. I could have cared less about a ticket. I was like, thank God my truck didn't get messed up. Amen. I, I, it aggravated me for a while. But again, everybody say forget. But you've got to forgive. And you've got to learn to forgive you. That's harder than anything else. So again, that's my point. It's been easy for me to forgive other people. But it's hard to forgive me. Because I live with me. I still remember Madeline Lefevre. 
He was preaching something. He goes, it, he goes, it kind of gets scary in here sometimes. He was talking about his drug usage. And before he got saved, he said, you know, who in here knows sometimes it can get kind of frustrating in here. Your mind won't shut down. You think about what you did, what you shouldn't have done. Who's ever had a conversation and you spent more time after the conversation thinking about what you should have said during the conversation than the conversation even lasted? What is productive about that? Who's ever had the conversation again in here? Multiple times. I remember my mom one time. My mom would do that sometimes. And, I, and I've had to do it. I've done it. And I've had to watch it. But my, we was driving down the road. My mom's... I said, Mama, what? I thought maybe she's praying in... Looking back, I thought she's praying in tongue. I said, what are you doing? She's talking to herself. She was getting ready. My mom was a killer tongue. Man, she was quick. I found out later, that's how. You practice. You get ready. Can I have an Amen. But that's not good either. Who in here knows we should be slow to speak, Amen. quick to forgive. So we, to, to be able to press forward, we do have to forget. I'll throw this out. You can't press to forward if you won't forget. Because you can't hold on to one thing and grab something else. There's no way. I think it's one of the great mysteries of life of why some people don't get healed. I think it's, I, I don't get blessed. It's because they won't let some things go. Yes. Either old teaching. Now again, you know, again, sometimes we don't know why people don't get healed. I mean, we, you know, but again, you, you have to judge your own heart in that. But I've often wondered, but I've met people and I'll start talking to them and you'll start talking and you can find out exactly what they believe because they'll tell you. And they'll go, oh, I believe in healing. Oh, I believe this and I believe that. Oh, I believe in healing. Oh, I love healing. Oh, love, praise God. Man, we're going to be dead in about four years. And I'm like, why? Well, you know, that runs in our family. That diabetes runs in our family. You know, my uncle lost his legs. My mama lost her vision. You know, I, I just know. Three, four, five years, we're going, praise God, he's a healer. They won't give up one and let the other go. Well, Pastor Chris, they just being honest and telling you. Well, the Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. You know, one of the hardest things for most poor people to do? Forget being poor and be rich as a Christian. You see, sometimes, sometimes I'll mess up and do it. Years ago, I was, on, I was pastoring a church, and um, this is when I was pastoring. I bought a computer, 386. It had a 40 megabyte hard drive. I thought I would never use that much space in my life. So to save $100, I bumped it to 20. Thought I was being real frugal. It cost $500 to buy a 40. And it wasn't three months, I had maxed out the 20. And my church, God bless them, they actually bought me a, another hard drive for pastor appreciation. It was one of the greatest, most amazing pastor appreciation I'd ever had up to that point. Because I was doing it for personal and church and have all that. You know why I've wasted, if you will, $500? Because of a poor mentality, trying to save a dime and I spent a dollar. Because I've been there. Who's ever done that? Oh, man, you know, you just, man, I mean, you know, who are you to think you should have something good and nice? 
deal with guilt. You know what you ought to do? You ought to forget about those things in the past. I heard a preacher say one time, he said, growing up, they always told us, we don't have any of these old worldly goods. He said, and we didn't either, brother. We was broke as Saul, uh, bro, 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 broke as Adam. But who in here knows Adam wasn't broke? Yeah. Learn to forget. Practice forgetting. And practice forgiving. In fact, I, I wrote down here three things. There's three things you ought to learn and practice every day. You ought to be quick to repent, quick to forgive, and quick to believe but quick to forgive. Who in here has ever messed up? Let's, let's have more fun. Who in here will probably mess up again? And when you do, be like Saul, who became Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He actually said, it's, it's amazing, that he was a blameless man. Blameless? Who do you think you are? You held the coats while they stoned Stephen and threw mamas and daddies and kids into prison. You know who he was? He was a new creation in Christ. Old things passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, I want to say this too. Forgetting the bad's easy sometimes, but forgetting the good's easy. Is not, you need to forget the good sometimes. I, I did, a, I preached one time at an event. Now, who's ever heard of the Full Gospel Businessmen's Association? Huge in the 60s, 70s, 80s. Huge. They would have conventions and you know, just a luncheon, local, had 50, 75, 150 people show up. I mean, it was like a revival going on. But this here's in the late, late 90s. I got to preach at this Full Gospel Businessmen's luncheon. I'm sorry, uh, dinner. And it was kind of a big deal. I think there were 20 people. And, uh, but I went, the only place I had to go. I was thankful to go and preach. We had a great time. After the service was over, we go, uh, me and the chapter president and this other guy, we go into the back of this room and we have coffee and we fellowship. And I enjoyed listening. I listened more than I talked because I was younger. I, all I heard for the next hour was how great we were in the past. How great God moved back then. How great it was when the power of God fell in great manifestation. Oh, it was great. I'm just making figure these things up because I can't remember exactly. But Oh, wasn't it great in 82 when we went to San Antonio? Oh, man, that was a great meeting. I mean, boy, wasn't it good when this happened? I remember, I'm going to start playing with us. I remember when I got saved. I remember when I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I remember when I got, oh, it, that was a great time back then. Oh, it was better back then than it is now. And I'll tell you, not my opinion, my, my conviction. I do believe this. I don't say that a lot preaching, but I believe this. This is one of the most damnable things you can tell your kids. It's harder to live for the Lord today than it ever has been. That is holding on to things of the past because the power of God is just as powerful today as it was back then. And 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, no temptations come but such as is common to man. And with every temptation, he provides a way of escape. So it ain't any harder now than it was then. We just have more visibility on social media of how stupid people are. Can we have an amen? Because people, man's always been wicked. So even though you've had certain good things, you gotta let them go. And if you don't press towards to the new things God has for you in the future, you'll never walk in the new things. Um, a lot of this is personal experience. 
I, I said not long ago, uh, I used to do parenting conferences. The parenting's always made sense to me. Being a parent's always made sense to me. And I think I'm a decent parent. I hope I'm a good parent. And I love my kids. But the hardest time of my parenting process has been the last three years. Teenagehood, easy. College, easy. Toddlers, easy. Infants, except for that diaper thing, easy. Can I have an amen? But letting them go as an adult, And you look back at pictures and you see them small. And you hope you were good. Hope you served them well. And all you're doing there is you're letting Satan put guilt and condemnation on you. Who in here can look back in your life and say, I did my best? It may have been not right, but it was the best I knew. I've told all my kids, hugged them and kissed them, said, forgive me if I messed up. I did my best. But then I pull my phone out and I got a new screensaver on my phone. It's Jackson and Haley. And I look at that and I got future. I got hope. So this is gonna sound mean. It's everybody sitting here this morning. So I don't mean this wrong. I gotta let go of those things in the past. I gotta lay hold to the things in the future. Who in here knows that by me doing that, I serve them. Because then I don't leech on them and don't let them grow up. So let go of the past, forget. Not only the good, but especially the bad. But don't let the good keep you from going into God's best. Because Satan is just as happy with you being that way. He'll let you stay that way. So we get ready to close this morning. I want us to do this. I want you to be very honest with you. We're not gonna, I'm gonna have you stand for prayer. And then we're gonna just believe and do a general prayer. But if you need to let go of anything, uh, I'm gonna say this, it can be the good, it can be the bad. So nobody knows what you're standing up for. This is, this is my conviction spiritually. I think the good hinders us many times more than the bad. Much more. Because we wanna relive how good it was. And therefore we never enter into how good God is today. One of the greatest lessons I've learned from two ministers that I've always loved that I never met, or one of them I got to meet one time, uh, was Lester Summerall and Oral Roberts. Both of them never looked back. They just kept right on going. Even their friends died, they kept on going. When their mates died, kept on going. So several big main players just kept on going. Why? Because we look ahead. We leave those things that are behind because it is behind. So if there's anything in your life you need to let go of, forget. Again, it could be bad. It could be sin. Messed up 10 years ago. Messed up five years ago. Said a bad word this way on the way to church. Can I have an amen? Said a bad word while you're in church. Can I have an amen? Okay. <laughs> and I have heard that too. Can I have an amen? <laughs> I actually had a guy one day, and bless his heart, he was Australian. Total different culture. Total different culture. Total different culture. Cafe area. Use the F word right before service. Didn't even think a thing about it. Then he's talking about something else and used it again. And all of a sudden, he goes, Pastor, I am so sorry. He goes, that's just a common word where I grew up. He goes, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to offend you. I said, brother, you didn't offend me. I was just glad he's here. Can I have an amen? And he's, he's actually in Australia now. You know who I'm talking about. 
stand uh, great, great God. So close your eyes. Father, in Jesus' name, we bow our eyes. If you got anything to let go to forgive, stand up right now. Stand up as we pray this prayer. Stand up as we, uh, we just make this um, confession of faith and, and, a, and, a, and a statement of faith to release all that past. This starts tonight, a new year. So we don't need to carry all that baggage into 2024. Believing for more of God in 2024. So if you're standing with me right now, I got my eyes closed. I'm not looking around. I'll open them in a moment. But I want you to hold your hands up. Father, in Jesus' name, we come to you as your children. You said in 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sin, you are faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Father, going into 2024, we don't want anything bad to hold us back. We want all of you. We want more of you. We, we, we want to do more for you. And we want to love you and love people and do something for the kingdom. So Father, we desire to let things go in the past. All the victories, all the failures. Father, we know that you're now, that now this is the day of salvation. That faith is now. That faith now is the substance of things hoped for. So if you're standing with me with your eyes closed, just say this with me. Heavenly Father, I let it go. And I thank you for your goodness, for your mercy, and for forgiving me, and for cleansing me. I ask for it in all these things that have been in my heart. Now I'm gonna say this, you can say those to him later if you want to, or you can say them right now. But those things specific, now say this with me. I'll let those go. I will not think or speak words to myself daily about that past. I may have a conversation, but it will not bother me because it's a past. It's just a glimpse behind the brick wall because I press forward towards the mark for the high calling for who Christ is. I will push forward, press forward, work forward, look forward, walk forward, talk forward because that's where you are. You're now and you're there, but you ain't behind. In Jesus' name, and everybody says, amen. Amen. Now, here's something. Don't bring up your past to yourself, good or bad. Amen. Celebrate the victories, no question. Learn the lessons from the mistakes, no question. But don't walk in condemnation. Don't walk in condemnation. I don't mean this wrong. We're just all little itty-bitty babies when it's compared to God. Have some grace. I love Jackson. Jackson will mess up do something goofy, cry, just lose it, just lose it. I'll say, buddy, it's okay. Man, he drops it like that. Okay, you wanna go play Minecraft? Okay. I'm like, you know, where's the guilt? Where's the shame? Where's the heaviness? Where's the, you know, whatever. Isn't that the way we should be? Let it go, move on. Thank God for it. Well, I just thought they should have had some more repentance than they did. They didn't really seem sorry. 
Now here's my closing. This is a sharp one. Don't be a judger. Amen. That ain't your job. You don't know whether or not have they cried at night. You don't know how bad they feel in their heart. Well, I think they would show it more. Or who are you to be the judge of that? Who am I to be the judge of that? That ain't my call. That ain't your call. Love them. They, they might be so ignorant, they don't even know what to do. Can I have an amen? Just let that go. And let me promise you this, God keeps good books. And if you've been wronged, he can repay. And he does. He always does. Why? We've never seen the righteous forsaken and the seed never begs bread. Can I have an amen? Amen. Uh, this is the week of the fourth. I'm mean, week of the fourth. This is the week of the first. Well, there is a fourth in this week. This week. I wasn't wrong. Amen. It's just Thursday. So this Thursday's fireworks will be now. Um, so we've got our midweek service online at uh, 7.30 Wednesday night. Uh, I know the women's thing is this Saturday. It's first Saturday. First Saturday. Uh, we're not doing the first Sunday meal uh, this month. Uh, we'll, uh, depending upon where we are church-wise, uh, on the church cell, I don't know nothing. Um, I do know they're surveying everything within an inch of its life around here, it looks like. Uh, so, but anyway, hopefully we'll find out something this week or so. Um, and if you're watching and doesn't know, we've got a charter school that wants to buy this building. And so we'll go from there. Uh, so, um, but anyway, first Saturday uh, is our women's meeting, women encouraging women. I gotta put my glasses on. What is it, 10.30? Oh, it starts at 10, that's right. And, um, Yes, right. What's, what's next? And then second Saturday prayer. So not this coming Saturday, but a week from Saturday prayer at five. And then we usually go out to eat afterwards. Uh, last couple times, I think it's been your pie. And because I'm eating that oh, broccoli thing again, it will probably be your pie. Can I have an email? Who's ever had the broccoli crust? Cauliflower, broccoli cauliflower, it's all the same stuff. It tastes terrible, both of them. Most, most, most horrific thing Jesus ever made. Oh, I still think broccoli and cauliflower and Brussels sprouts was just the leftover stuff. And they're like, what are we gonna do with that? And it's like, well, let's just make it green and they'll eat it, amen. You know, they don't know any better. And then, then you gotta have all these people, oh, it's great with cheese. That's cause the only thing you can taste is the cheese. Can I have an amen? I can't eat it without cheese. If I eat it, I have to have cheese or horseradish sauce. Something to cover the repugnance taste. Can I have an amen? It's just something I, I just cannot understand people. Anyway, so we'll go eat afterwards and have a great time. And that's it. Bow your heads with me as I pray this over you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you and give you his peace. And happy new year. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you're a first, second, third time guest, I hope to see you at the table.